This lecture is brought to you by Knox Theological Seminary on iTunes U. Knox is a seminary in the tradition of the Reformation that exists to educate men and women to declare and demonstrate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that this teaching will be beneficial in your Christian life and ministry. The kinds of things that the world around us holds out to us as the solution to human problems you know, get rich, develop the economy, do this, do that. Although these things may be fine in themselves, and I mean, I don't want to say we shouldn't do these things, um, they're, not this, they're not the final answer. They're not going to solve the basic problem because the basic problem is somewhere else, all right? Not there. So what does the, the Christian uh, message say? What does the Christian gospel say? What, what is the problem? Uh, and uh, what do we have to get to grips with uh, if we are ever going to solve it? Uh, well, the first thing, of course, that the Bible tells us, uh, and it tells us this more implicitly rather than explicitly, uh, is that the problem that we face, the, 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 the dilemma in which we find ourselves, is not inherent either in the material creation or in um, human beings. We cannot say, uh, as the Platonists did uh, in ancient Greece, uh, that the problem with, with us is uh, that we are stuck in a material universe. That goodness is spiritual in other words, non-material ideas and things like that are good. Whereas things, uh, you know, wood and stone and, 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 and this kind of thing, are by nature bad. Bad, why? Because they are finite, they are perishable, uh, they are limited, uh, and so on. You see, they, they, they're, there are problems with these things. And because of this, uh, they should be avoided. That, that salvation means getting uh, away from them, escaping from them. Uh, and the ancient Greeks, or many of them, believed that the way to be saved is to, to get out of the world, get as far away from material things as you possibly could. Now, obviously, Death is the, is the, uh, the best way, um, you know, the final solution, uh, if you like. Um, but this is a problem, too, because, of course, if you kill yourself, if you commit suicide in order to have a higher life, which some people actually did. I mean, it's not that, you know, this wasn't uh, done or thought of in some ways. It's kind of self-defeating. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and you're stuck with this dilemma of how do I live in this world um, as detached from it as I possibly can be. Uh, and so you get practices like asceticism, you know, people uh, living on virtually no food, uh, giving up food fasting for long periods of time. Um, you get uh, abstinence of various kinds, you know, sexual abstinence and so on. Um, just generally uh, 
denying uh, the, the world around as much as, uh, 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 as is possible. Well, um, this, of course, is not Christian teaching either. Or it's not really compatible with Christian teaching. It is not to say that um, we should just indulge, uh, you know, and, and, and eat as much as we want, drink as much as we want, do all these things w without any kind of consideration, moderation, or anything like that. It's not that. Um, it's really that we should uh, have dominion over the creatures, as the, the Bible puts it, that we should learn to control our environment and use it in the best way for the right purposes, not run away from it, um, because running away from it is renouncing control over it just as much as overindulgence is. I mean, it's a, it, it, it's a problem from the opposite end. We need to have the right relationship to the creation which we have been given to the you know, world in which um, uh, we live. So there's this uh, aspect uh, of it. And we cannot think of salvation as, uh, as getting away from the body, getting away from, from matter. And indeed, the Christian doctrine of resurrection is a denial of that idea because the resurrection is a resurrection of the body. Uh, not just uh, a separation, not just leaving the body behind uh, so that you can escape into some kind of airy-fairy spiritual uh, universe, you see. So that um, uh, is something evil, uh, sin, uh, wrongdoing, uh, whatever you want to call it, is not to be identified with matter. Neither, however, is it to be identified with human choice uh, alone. Um, in other words, the picture that we are given in the Bible is not uh, of an Adam and Eve who were created and then who decided uh, for some unknown reason to disobey God. You know, you cannot picture them as sitting in the garden and being bored. Uh, and then, you know, Adam says to Eve, well, what are we going to do today? Uh, and Eve said, well, I don't know. Uh, you know, why don't we try disobeying God and see what happens? Um, I mean, it wasn't like that. All right. Uh, it, the, the picture that you get in the scriptures is that they were tempted away by a spiritual power who is presented in the form of a serpent. And the serpent, of course, is the symbol of Satan. Uh, the serpent is not to be identified with snakes, you know, physical beings. Um, uh, they don't talk, for a start. I mean, you know, the, the talking serpent in, in, in the scriptures. It is, a, it is a, a, a picture, image, if you like, of something. Um, but still, I mean, that, that's really a, a side issue. Uh, the fact is that this evil power exists. And it is extremely important that we understand this uh, because the problem with, that we are faced with is, uh, is, first of all, spiritual. But secondly, uh, it is tied with spiritual beings over whom we have no control. I mean, they may have control over us, but we do not have control over them. Uh, in other words, 
the sa Satan, the serpent, came into the garden and tempted Adam and Eve and ensnared Adam and Eve and got, him in, got them in his power, if you like, in that way. So he acquired control over them. Uh, but, but they, of course, don't have control over him. Uh, you know, they could have uh, denied him in the beginning. They could have said, no, we're not getting involved with you. Um, but the minute that they surrendered to the temptation, that they gave in to the temptation, they were then trapped in it. Uh, and uh, uh, this is the situation that remains, that is still the case today. Um, and uh, I say this because uh, it is the reason why uh, you cannot achieve salvation simply by changing your mind. You see, if, if sin had been a human decision alone, uh, you know, it, conceivably uh, you might be able to decide uh, to do something else sort of say, well, I tried that, it didn't work, um, uh, you know, let's do something else. Uh, let's, let's try obeying God uh, in, instead. But the, the fact of the matter is that even if every single human being wanted to do the right thing, uh, wanted to obey God, um, and so on, I mean, let's just say, you know, uh, for the sake of argument that we have a, 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 a group of people like that, you still don't get rid of sin. Because sin is something deeper. You see, it goes deeper than the human will. Um, and uh, the, I say this because, of course, the experiment has been tried um, in the past. I mean, uh, you could argue um, that this country was founded, or at least part of it was founded, by people who were trying just this. Uh, you know, that the Puritans, the Pilgrim Fathers, left England, uh, a corrupt society as they saw it, uh, and they were going to the wilderness uh, to build a new society, uh, a new England. Uh, you know, in which there wouldn't be uh, the kind of problems that you had in the, in the old country, that, you know, you get rid of all of that. Uh, and uh, if everybody is a believer, everybody is, is you know, on the same page uh, spiritually and so on, um, sin and evil and wrongdoing and, and all the rest of it uh, can be eliminated. Uh, and, of course, the great dis, uh, disillusionment uh, of Puritan uh, New England uh, was the discovery that that wasn't actually true. Uh, that they, you know, when they got there um, and, and set up their sort of model colonies and so on, um, evil had a way of, of creeping in. Uh, and of course what happened was that they blamed it on the devil, uh, and, uh, which is fair enough, I suppose, in one way. Uh, but then how do you get rid of it? Uh, well, you end up with witch hunts. Uh, because the only, you know, if people ha have the right mind before God, it's got to be, the evil has got to come from those who are somehow possessed, um, you know, by, by demons or whatever. And so we have to get rid of this. And you end up with something that is actually worse than what you started out with. 
Um, you know, in, in one sense, of course, the, it, it, it's true that, the, that evil is a spiritual power uh, above and beyond uh, human ability to deal with. Uh, but if you start going around saying um, that, you know, anybody who, who fails to live up to the standard that you have set uh, must be demon-possessed, uh, and that if you're demon-possessed, well, then you have to be burnt at the stake or something like that. Um, I mean, you are obviously creating a, a situation uh, of terror and tyranny, um, uh, you know, which is the very opposite of, uh, of what you should have. And the reason that this happens, of course, is because um, uh, evil is something beyond, uh, beyond hu humanity. I mean, human beings are caught up in it, but they are not the cause of it, and it doesn't, uh, it's not limited to us, you see, so that even our salvation, uh, at least as long as we are in this world, salvation is not an escape from evil. Um, uh, you, you know, I say this with some feeling because uh, one of the, the sadnesses, I, I've had to deal with this in my life at different times, but one of the, uh, the sad things is uh, that um, a number of Christian people believe that somehow they can live without sin. They ought to live without sin. And let me give you a, a, an example of what I mean. Um, I was once the secretary of an organization of, of theologians, of all things, um, you know, where the treasurer of the, this organization uh, did not keep accounts. I mean, people would sort of give money and so on, uh, and, and he would sort of, I don't know, just keep it or do something, whatever. But there were no accounts, and there was no auditing, and there was no sort of uh, quality control of, you know, what was going on. And the reason for this, when this was questioned, was, well, we're all Christians here. You know, we don't need to do this because, um, you, you know, everybody can be trusted. Well, then one day uh, we decided we must have an awful lot of money in the bank uh, and we ought to do something with this. So we decided to organize a conference um, and use the money that we had saved, you know, uh, or we'd, we'd been given uh, in order to run this conference. Uh, and then when we approached the treasurer and he said, you know, can you sort of book a place, you know, a, con a convention center or something and, you know, do this, um, he very embarrassedly said, well, there's no money. And it turned out that what he what he'd been doing in effect uh, was pocketing the money, putting the money in his own pocket, uh, and spending it, you know, on, on himself really uh, over over many years. And uh, I was was forced to go, and and um, he had to declare bankruptcy and all kinds of things. And I I ended up going to the bankers and lawyers and so on in an attempt to get at least some of our money back, uh, you know, money that had been uh, been squandered in this way. And, of course, they said to me, quite rightly, I mean, it wasn't, nothing, it wasn't my fault. I mean, it was, I, I was just the agent. But, I mean, they said to me quite rightly, well, if you don't keep accounts, uh, you know, if you have no idea what, uh, what, you, what you're owed, how can you expect to get anything back? Um, and what kind of organization is it that does this? Uh, 
you know, don't you realize that, that, that you need to do this kind of thing? Um, and, and I thought, well, you know, the, you, how do you explain, uh, you know, to a banker uh, that you haven't done this because you trusted people? You know, uh, and and I when I did say that because I said, look, I, I understand what you're saying, but this is this is what happened and why, and they they looked at me as if I was from another planet. Um, you, you know, you just don't live like this, and you hear stories like this. I mean, the, you see again, I'm saying this because you hear this kind of thing very often in churches and in church life. You see, and so on. People people tend to assume that. The, the normal hum, normal human behavior, like auditing and accounts and things like this, is not necessary because people can be trusted. And the sad fact of the matter is they can't be. Or even if they can be, generally speaking, it's not, it's not as simple as it looks. If you have a naive approach, you see, if you assume that uh, everybody has basically, you know, got goodwill and, and common sense and, uh, you know, wants to sort of sort everything out peaceably and all the rest of it, um, uh, you could find yourself in trouble. Uh, some of you may have listened uh, uh, the other day uh, to the, the, the debate between the two candidates for governor in Florida. Did you catch up on this? when for 10 minutes or so they argued about whether they should have a fan in front of the podium and, and the one wanted the fan and the other one said I'm not speaking if there's a fan there because it's against, somehow against the rules and they're arguing back and forth what the rules are and everybody else is sort of sitting there thinking who started this? You know, <laughs> like what is going on here? <laughs> uh, and so on. And, uh, you realize again that there's something in human nature, there's something in our society, there's something in the way that we live that causes this kind of thing, uh, you know, that produces uh, antagonism uh, between different, uh, different groups of people when there doesn't appear to be any real objective reason for it. We have to understand that there is a, f a force of evil there um, in the world which is bigger than we are and which will cause this kind of problem whether we want it to happen or not. All right, uh, Whether there's any logic in it uh, or not. That the, uh, if everything is going fine, uh, you know, Satan will somehow stir the pot so that, to make sure that the trouble starts. Uh, uh, somehow or other. And we have to understand that because it's a reminder to us that we cannot save ourselves. You see, we can have all the goodwill in the world. We can say to ourselves, well, I don't want to fight. I don't want to quarrel. I don't want to have problems with other people and so on. Um, why does it happen? And of course the answer is it happens because it comes from outside, it comes from somewhere else, it comes from a higher uh, power. Now the other thing, of course, that we have to bear in mind here is that the Bible presents this power, Satan, as an active evil force. A personal force. Satan comes across as a person. 
And again, this is very important because there are lots of people around, including great theologians like Karl Barth, for example, who deny this, who say that evil is in some way or other uh, a deprivation, that evil exists because people are less than perfect or less than fully human. It's something that has been taken away. It's a defect. And while this sounds good, what it really does is take away responsibility. Because if I do something wrong, let's say, for example, that um, I hit somebody. But the reason I hit them is because I'm blind and I don't see them. You know, so I just run into them and I, there's this object there and I, and I get annoyed with this object so I go bang and then discover later it's a person, it's a human being. You know, am I to be blamed for this? Well, in some ways, perhaps, you know, I mean, I, uh, it's not as if I haven't done it. But you could argue there are mitigating circumstances that, that I can't be totally blamed for it uh, because I, I am not fully me. You know, I haven't got uh, everything about me that would make it, make it uh, me fully responsible for my own actions. Now, clearly, there's a, there is a line that has to be drawn uh, in some ways. I, I don't know what the legal age of responsibility is in this country. Somebody must know, uh, and you can tell me. Uh, I know that in England it's 10. Um, that if you are less than 10 years old, you cannot be charged with any kind of uh, uh, felony or misdemeanor or something like that on the ground that you are not old enough to, be a, to, to know what you are doing. And I remember when I was living in London working in a parish, we used to have these little kids running around. And they would get up on the roof of the houses, some of the houses, and take undo the tiles, you know, there's sort of these tiled roofs uh, that you sometimes see like, you know, a Spanish colonial type thing that you see around here. And they would sort of unscrew them and lift them up and throw them on the ground, you see. And when the police came sort of to get them and so on, they just shouted at them, I'm only eight or I'm only nine, you can't touch me, you see. They were so... Uh, they, 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 were, they were too young to be charged, but old enough to know that. <laughs> so, so, so they were taking advantage. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the, 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 the last night before you get married or something. You know, you take advantage of your freedom before you're suddenly uh, locked into something. And, uh, and, and they were behaving like this. And uh, I thought, what an example, you see, of, of, of human depravity, if you like, in, in, in this way, um, that, uh, you know, they were consciously doing the wrong thing. 
and, and knowing that they, 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 could, they were too young you know, to, to be charged for it. So um, this is another thing you see that, that um, uh, you have to, uh, have to deal with. And it's important particularly nowadays because as you know in the legal system that we have, uh, this is true everywhere in the world, there's a tremendous pressure on um, to, uh, to claim that anybody who commits a crime or does something wrong or something is somehow not really responsible for what they've done, you know, they're, they're because they were a victim of something. They were brought up in a poor uh, home or they, they, their parents took drugs or, you know, there was some, so there's going to be some reason um, that lets them off uh, the hook for, you know, for having, for having done what they've done. And um, uh, I remember once, uh, you, I'm sure you've seen this program on television. Um, I, I've seen it a couple of times, but uh, I, I've also read the books. Judge Judy, you know Judge Judy? This is, well, this is one of those programs that's on in the afternoon, you know, like Oprah. Uh, and so on. Well, Judge Judy, she's a judge that, that I don't know whether it's true or not. I mean, wh whether these are real things. But anyway, she, she's actually, it's actually quite interesting to watch because she's got a lot of common sense. And, and one of the things she said was um, a 15-year-old had committed a murder. And the question was, could this 15-year-old be charged with the murder because he was underage? You know, that sort of thing. And, and, and Judge Judy just said, well, said, if a 15-year-old kills you, you're still dead. Um, <laughs> you know, you aren't less dead because you've been killed by somebody underage. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, look at it from the other point of view. And uh, I think this is extremely important because the minute you start thinking that evil is is a deprivation or a limitation or some defect or inadequacy. This is the first step on the way to saying it isn't there at all or, you know, to excusing it. Now, of course, you have to make allowances for certain cases. This is true. We know this. and I'm not saying that. Uh, but we mustn't allow that idea to uh, to so dominate our perspective um, that we cease to have an understanding of good and evil. Uh, because if that happens, you see, if you get to the point where your, your whole concept of right and wrong basically disappears, then salvation, of course, is meaningless too. Uh, because what is salvation? Uh, you know, there, there's nothing to be delivered from. Um, or, uh, if, if there is, uh, the danger of reducing it to, to education, to knowledge. Uh, to say that if people knew better, if they knew the truth, if, they, you, know, if you educate them, they won't, do, they won't sin anymore, they won't do anything uh, wrong anymore. And, of course, this is another fallacy, uh, that in actual fact, uh, uh, because sin is not a matter of ignorance, uh, it's something else, something deeper than this. The danger of educating people, and I'm not saying you shouldn't educate them, but if you do educate them, uh, they'll just end up being e evil in a more sophisticated way. Uh, you know. Um, uh, I mean, why, um, 
uh, go out and rob people on the street, you know, with physical force, uh, if you can, uh, you know, join a stockbroker or, or something like that and rob people blind uh, by a creative accounting. Um, you know, you have to be more intelligent, more educated for that, yes, but you could also make a lot more money that way. Uh, you know, and cause a lot more problems. And this is what happens, isn't it? I mean, this is a cyber crime and all this kind of thing. I mean, uh, it's not because people aren't educated. It's the opposite. It's because people are educated and use their education uh, for this purpose. So all of these things, uh, you see, we have to be clear in our minds about this, uh, that, uh, that the power of evil that we are dealing with the, the thing that we need to be saved from um, is not some kind of void or, uh, you know, some kind of defect. It is an active, uh, living, uh, hostile power. These courses provide a glimpse into our academic programs. Knox students can take one-week or semester-length courses in person at our South Florida campus or choose to complete a degree entirely online. By bringing together academic excellence, a vibrant community of learning, and flexible scheduling, Knox offers today's students timeless truth through modern convenience. For more information about earning credit toward a master's degree, please visit our website at knoxseminary.edu.